At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. On a Wednesday, I don't know why, Sean, it feels like a Thursday. We've got a big-time college football game. I say big-time. I give the Sun Belt their proper due, the Fun Belt. Coastal Carolina. Sold-out stadium down there in Boone, North Carolina, 27-21. The Shots just took a six-point lead. I know that makes my co-host in Sean King very happy. How's everyone doing other than Boston Red Sox fans, they're probably not doing all that right. Sean's over here raising the roof. Why are you raising the roof? Because on this I have night? the Dodgers versus the Braves over eight. And a single just made it five to two <laughs> in the bottom of the fifth. So now there we go. we're two runs away from ching, 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 ching. There you go. Eight to two. Uh, five to two. Uh, man, I thought that the Dodgers, or sorry, the Braves, after they blew that lead, Sean, Last night, or yesterday afternoon, whatever it was, I thought, done. They weren't even the series favorite anymore. Right. The Dodgers became the series favorite. And then you turn the game on today, and it's 5 to nothing Braves. The Braves have taken it to the Dodgers yet again. Two runs in the second, two runs in the third, another in the fifth. They get to Julio Urias, who's allowed five runs. All of those runs on his ledger on eight hits. But the Dodgers, man, with that lineup, Sean, it's just they're never out. They're never out. Here's why I didn't take the Braves. Because the strategy that they're utilizing tonight is very dear to me because I feel like the Rays kind of created some of these. The starter. Outside the box. Like we're going to go with the bullpen game. And here's what I've I've learned. Smiley came in, pitched great. Mm -hmm. When you're expecting to use five, six pitchers, only one of them has to have an off night. And when you're dealing with the talent that the Dodgers have, I felt like no matter what the score was, as you got deeper into that bullpen, they've seen a lot of these guys twice now. I just didn't like Atlanta being able to hold on to the lead. Sort of like the last game. They had yeah, a big lead night. and gave it up. So we'll see. That's why I just took the over. I thought it was a safe play. You got it at eight? Yeah, at eight. Good. So it ended up closing here at Circa, uh, juiced to the under eight and a half. Uh, so you got that buffer now, one run, and you're getting your money back. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're pulling for your pockets. I got nothing tonight. I got nothing. Oh, I have more. I know you do. Yeah. Because uh, you were firing on NBA. Yeah, I had the Bulls minus five and a half. And guess what? They scared me to death. But I told you, this is why you don't, when you wager on an NBA game, don't even look at the score <laughs> until about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Because the Bulls were down the entire game. They end up covering by a half a point. And they won by six. I think there was, JVT tweeted it, I think there was a bucket at the buzzer that was waved off. So that would have been 
a cover for the Pistons, but it was waved off, and uh, that was the end of the game. See, that's so. my homie. See, the clock, the guy running the clock <laughs> <laughs> in Detroit tonight. Good, good. Jeremy shout Grant. Out. Shout up. out, man. Good job. Also, I have Coastal Carolina uh, minus five. They're up six right now. That's a that's a perspirator. I'm not loving what I'm seeing from them on defense. They're not having a good game in the secondary. They're not doing a good job of tackling the guy at the point of contact. A lot of hidden yards being gained by App State after contact. They've thrown, I think, four posts now behind the safeties of Coastal Carolina. So I think this is game is a long way from over, but I do love their sophomore quarterback. And I do, believe, yeah, I do believe that Coastal, even if it's close, late has the firepower on offense to, to score and, and get this cover. You know, I, I, as, a, as a former coach, I'm curious how you feel about these, uh, about these spots. Now, last week, App State got smashed by UL Lafayette on right. a weekday game. I think that was a Tuesday game. Coastal Carolina's had time off, so neither one of these teams are really at a disadvantage preparation-wise. Uh, Coastal got more time. I love the fact, and I know Maction has kind of taken over that midweek role, but you know, for Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State, right? this is a sold-out game down in Boone, North Carolina, two teams that we have College football fans certainly know who they are. Coastal last year having the season that they did, that incredible game they played against BYU. App State has had big-time coaches there, Scott Satterfield, Eli Drinkowitz. Um, you know, so they've had, they've had good coaches. They've had quality teams. So it's, I love the fact that they're on a Wednesday night. They're by themselves And they just scored attention. another touchdown. Wow. It's going. This is going to go. This is a fourth quarter game. I, you know, Coastal had a chance up 14-0 to really put the game away, and they couldn't get off the field on third down. And App State has gotten their confidence, and you know they're exposing some of the weaknesses that a program like Coastal Carolina has, and that's lack of speed and depth on defense. And uh, it's going to take a great game by Mr. McCall. But hey, that's why I was leaning toward Coastal because they have the better quarterback. They have the better uh, weapons on offense, but they're going to need to probably get in the 40s. You know, last week, as the extra point was blocked, so we've got a tie game, 27 all. Last week, I was on the Raging Cajuns mm-hmm. at home. I thought they were getting overlooked because, you know, that was a preseason top t- 25 team. Yeah, they lost to Texas. They lose to Texas. Everybody forgot about them. And then, you know, they had some close games, but they still were a one loss team going into it last week. I took Lafayette. They win running away. Tonight, I really wanted to take App State, knowing that this was a rivalry game, but a lot of smart people, yourself, Eric Eager, so many people that I trust really liked Coastal Carolina in this spot. Then you start to see that movement go towards App State. I just, I said, I'm staying away. It, normally, I would grout, gobble up those points with a home dog like App State, but Coastal's really good, yeah. so I stayed away. I'm not feeling great, but this is not like... I'm telling you what, if I had played App State, you'd feel better because somehow, you know, tragically... Coastal Carolina or App State would blow the cover. Again, I think college football is about great quarterback play, and McCall is a great quarterback. Hopefully this fourth quarter he demonstrates it. We'll see. Last time I bet with uh, what I thought was a great quarterback was Malik Willis and Liberty. They were 32-point favorites at Louisiana Monroe, and they gave up 31 unanswered in the second half and lost outright. So hopefully this is not a repeat of that defeat, but we'll see. Uh, Yeah, so 27-all right now. App State and Coastal Carolina, so a lot of fun there. Braves and Dodgers going on, as we mentioned, uh, just a couple moments ago. Uh, Sean was pretty happy to see a two-run single be brought home there by the Dodgers, so he's waiting for one more run to get him a push, two more runs to get him 
that victory. Uh, and then you look over at what Houston did, and we're going to talk to Adam Wexler uh, down in the great state of Texas. Bottom of the hour, uh, there's a lot of rumors about Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, John McClain, who covers the Houston Texans for the Houston Chronicle, but has been doing that for a long, long time. He was out there saying uh, that it's just really, it seems like a matter of time before the Houston Texans and the Dolphins uh, make this trade happen. The trade deadline, as you see, for those of you watching on YouTube TV or VEASAN.com, is coming up on November 2nd. What do you think about this potential fit? Now, it's a very unique situation, obviously, with all of the -the off-the-field allegations that piled up on Deshaun Watson. We still are waiting for the NFL to to make a determination of, of can he play. So if he gets traded to Miami... Is he going to be allowed to play? It's been Houston's decision to hold him out, Sean. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to play lawyer here. But just on the football side of things, what does this do for the Miami Dolphins if they are able to pull off this trade? I mean, it does a lot. And and I was trying to to find the tweet that really broke down Tua's draft Mm -hmm. and who Miami selected and who was taken after Justin Herbert was the next pick. Yeah, but there are a couple. They took a cornerback. And uh, Stephon Diggs was on the board, and it was one other position that they drafted, and they missed. And, and I said that to say this, when you're not doing well drafting, then don't worry about the draft picks. Use them as trade bait. Because you're not going to find Deshaun Watson in this quarterback class anyway. Uh, it's going to be unfair to Tua, who I don't think has done anything wrong. You know, I think it's just not a great spot for him. But for Deshaun Watson, it's a new lease on life. And you're going to a team that has talent. You know, you're going to a situation where you're going to be the savior of that organization. When's the last time Miami had a great quarterback? Are we talking Dan Marino? I mean, it's pretty much been a long time. So if you're going to go great, yeah, Dan Marino was the last quarterback that they had that you would consider great. Ryan Tannehill was there for a couple of years. He wasn't. He wasn't even he wasn't even the Tennessee version of Tannehill who isn't great. That's because Adam Gase was his coach. Uh, That, That hurts. Ben Fox. It's true. Ben Fox uh, was the one that tweeted out the tweet that you referenced, uh, our own Ben Fox. And what was Uh, it exactly? So the number five pick in the 2020 draft was Tua. Mm -hmm. The next pick was Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert was available. That number 18, they went with offensive tackle Austin Jackson, Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. Minnesota Vikings, Vikings, elite wide receiver. And then at 30, so they had three first-round picks in 2020. It was cornerback Noah... Uh, I'm going to mess his name up. Ignobigini. Right. Noah I. Noah I. Right. Uh, Trayvon Diggs and Antoine Winfield, both available at that point in so time. So instead of Tua, Austin Jackson, and Noah I, they could have had Justin Herbert, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, and Stephon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs, I mean. So when you look at that in hindsight, yeah, everybody makes mistakes. But yeah. to miss three times in round one, don't don't take a chance. If Houston wants the number one, give it to him. Deshaun Watson's worth it. Obviously, we've been hearing about this potential trade for a while. So I think there were some things going on behind the scenes. You know, Miami was kind of covering themselves to make sure he's going to be available. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems like they may have gotten clarity. Yeah, and there was another report out there. Maybe it's true. We'll find out more as uh, as this goes on. That Tua could be moved as part of this deal. There was a report that he could be headed to Washington. Multiple Washington reporters that I know and trust, J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington, John Kime of ESPN.com, both said 
that the organization, Washington, that is, says that is not true. Who knows? It's lying season. So who <laughs> knows? That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We got a good one going on in North Carolina. We got an NLCS game going on out in Los Angeles. Come on back right here on the Nightcap. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Nightcap. This segment is being brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide so you can find your Zinn wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn does contain nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers. Learn more and find your local realtor at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Head to Houston, bottom of the hour. Talk to Adam Wexler down there. Get the latest on not only the Deshaun Watson situation, but what's going on with those Houston Astros who are one win away from heading to the World Series. A dominant performance yet again today. They win 9-1 to one earlier today. That's- Is this like the redemption playoffs for the Astros? I guess, I would have said last year, I guess. But they didn't win it. I know. They didn't get which there. Which is fantastic. Right. So, like, wouldn't this be, like, a redemptive, like, quality to this? I don't know. Being able to even get there again, you know, because everybody basically said it was a fluke. They were cheating, which obviously they were because they were. They were cheating. Right. So now, you know, and to do it without McCullers. Yep. You know, it'd be interesting. He's going to be able to come back if they make the World Series, or is that injury going to keep him out for the entirety of the playoffs? I mean, but the one thing that they have, man, they have bats. Like, I just love watching Jose Altuve play. Like, that bat, it's bigger than him, but, I mean. I know. He just, he's, his approach, his mentality, like his demeanor, you know, he's just fun to watch. Yeah, they went 9-1 to one today. Uh, they have a five-run, six-inning. Alvarez, Gurriel, Siri, all with RBIs in that inning. Brantley, another single uh, RBI. Alvarez went yard in the second inning off of Chris Sale. So uh, 9-1, to one, the victory for the Houston Astros. They take a 3-2 series lead, so off day tomorrow for that series as it heads back to Houston for Game 6 uh, and a potential clincher there for the Houston Astros. Uh, I want to get you updated real quickly on the NBA. Uh, night 2 of the NBA. Last night we were sitting here watching Lakers and Warriors. Great comeback by the Warriors to get the win outright as, uh, as road dogs. How about the Boston Celtics? Uh, Jalen Brown hits a three from what looked to be, you know, a different burrow. Then Julius Randle hits a couple threes. And Marcus Smart from Dennis Schroeder 
Barry's one to head into overtime. So we are tied at 116 in this one. Uh, I did take the season win total under on the New York Knickerbockers. So uh, we will see how this, uh, hey, anytime I can get a loss when you got an under, I'll take it. But man, uh, this has been a fun one at Madison Square Garden as the, uh, the Celtics come out. The ability of the NBA to score... Like, in 20 seconds, like, there literally can be, like, 14 points scored. Like, it's unbelievable at the end of games. Like, when they're really locked in, like, how great they are offensively. The Knicks did close as two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, and uh, it is uh, all tied up at 119. Uh, this one's going to be uh, this one's going to be a fun one. We're keeping our eyes on this one. The total has already sailed over uh, in this game. A couple finals already today in the NBA. Washington going up to Toronto, first game home game for the Raptors in over a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, it was great to see fans there, but the Wizards take care of business and crush the Raptors as two and a half point road dogs. Uh, you got your cover with the Chicago Bulls. Lucky ducky lay in the five and a half. And then uh, Indiana and Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets, as a home dog, took care of business, winning that one 123-122. to 122. A couple other games we'll keep our eyes on. Denver and Phoenix just tipped off. Phoenix laying six. Of course, Phoenix making their run to the NBA Finals last year. You know, I, I do wonder, the DeAndre Ayton contract situation, is that going to weigh? Uh, they were unable to come to uh, an extension there, so we will see how the year unfolds. Denver uh, with no Jamal Murray uh, to start the year, uh, they were a team last year before the Murray injury, which uh, we were sitting here uh, right they here. They were hot. I, I thought that there was a team that had legitimate chance to to win it all, Sean, with the way Jamal Murray was playing, with uh, with Michael Porter Jr., with the MVP and Jokic, but uh, not to be. And uh, we will see uh, as that game just underway. Once again, Phoenix a six-point favorite. By the way, the West is wide open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the Lakers are the team that everybody kind of – gravitates back to, the West is wide open. It Go is. To Golden State, once they get healthy, they can win it. Denver can win it. Utah can win it. Phoenix can win it. I don't think Utah can. I think they can. Uh, that People just, forget, they, didn't they have the best record last yeah. year? And yeah. then they lost in the playoffs again. Yeah, they lost to a hot Clippers team. Mm. Rudy Gobert, you, you just he gets taken advantage of every single time come the postseason. I, I believe that Denver, when they get Jamal Murray back, if he's healthy, I think Denver absolutely – uh, the Clippers, uh, you know, I, they're, I have, they're done because Kawhi's not playing this year. Well, we'll see. I just don't think they're good enough to be in position to where they really have a chance to win it, and I just don't see Kawhi coming back if they aren't. It'll be fascinating. It, it will be. Uh, I thought Paul George. To me, Paul George, I learned something from him last year. I, I was very critical of him. He had some big, big games in the postseason. So still pouts just a tad too much for me. By the way, I just keep looking up at this Knicks and it's a Celtics great game. game. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> it's a man. Great game. Every shot is going in. It's 128-128 right now. They're not even midway through overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, this is, it's a great game. This is a fun game. Five, Why don't we just take the over? Seriously. I mean, we already cashed that. We would already be sitting uh, sitting pretty. It was 219.5 uh, with that one. So uh, if you had the Celtics on the money line, you are alive right now. But if you took the points of the Celtics, who knows? I mean, you never know. A two-and-a-half-point spread, you could have got plus 120 on the Celtics on the money line. We got Dodgers and Braves going on game four of the NLCS. Dodgers with that 2-1 series lead, and uh, they have a 5-2 lead in the bottom of the six. I need a couple runs here. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Me too. I'd rather get them sooner than later. <laughs> you don't want to be sweating this yeah, I, don't, I don't want this thing to be 5-2 bottom of the ninth. Like, 
Let's at least get the push. So we'll hit on this game as the night goes on, but uh, it is official. Case Keenum will be starting at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Before Case. Dearness Johnson. My guy. Your guy. Yeah. Uh, someone on this desk may or may not have uh, been desperate and picked him up for his fantasy team, so hopefully you can go call him and give him a little words of encouragement. Good pickup. Um, so you're looking at Cleveland now. Depending on where you look, some one and a half here at Circuits, one and a half. Some others, it's two. Denver still dealing with the injuries that they've sustained. Uh, you know, Patrick Sertan out. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy still out. Uh, Hamler's gone for the season, so they're still dealing with their issues. But Mayfield out, Chubb out, um, uh, Hunt out, Jedrick Wilson and uh, and and Jack Conklin. They're uh, their tackles are questionable, as you see the graphic right there. It feels like a live dog situation here with Denver. One of the lower totals on the board at 41. And if you're looking for a teaser, as we always talk about, we'll talk about these later, this seems like a prime teaser candidate because you've got a point, 41 point total and you could push up a two all the way to an eight on the road with Denver. But uh, what do you make of this game here tomorrow night with the Broncos and the Browns? I like Denver. I really do. Between it revolves around Jedrick Willis and Jack Conklin. If they're available and they're playing, I think it's a fourth quarter game because this is what Cleveland does. They run the football. The reason that they run the football effectively is because they have the best offensive line when healthy or one of the top Mm -hmm. two or three best offensive lines when healthy in the National Football League. Without those two tackles, you saw the duress and pressure that Baker Mayfield was under last week from a defensive line that didn't even have Chandler Jones. So Denver comes in. Denver's great at rushing the quarterback. Now, I don't know that Case Keenum is a downgrade from Baker Mayfield. I mean, (laughs) people haven't seen Case in a while, but Case has completed 62% of his passes. He's thrown for over 14,000 yards. He's thrown for 75 touchdowns. I think only like 45, 46, 47 interceptions in his career. So this isn't like some rookie. This isn't Davis Mills in Texans in Houston, and we're, we're hoping that he's good. Like, Case is a guy that's played a lot of football in this league. So I think after sitting and watching some of the things that Baker wasn't doing well, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays better than Baker has been playing recently. So we'll see. But, again, they need those two tackles or they don't have a chance. Yeah, once again, Wills and uh, and Conklin both listed as questionable for uh, for the Browns. Um, yeah, I went ahead and put the Broncos in a teaser. I, I think this is a spot when you have – it's gonna be a. It's not. Gonna, it's gonna be an ugly game. And let me put a caveat on that right before we go to break. This is only if Teddy Bridgewater plays. Right. Yeah. yeah. Teddy Bridgewater also questionable to play. End of six out in Los Angeles. Still five to two. Braves have that five two lead. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. We head to Houston next. Get the latest on Deshaun Watson and oh yeah, those Houston Astros are looking like they are going to be World Series bound. Adam Wexler will join us right here on the Nightcap.
watching this NBA season or watching ourselves a pretty tantalizing game right now. 131-128 Celtics leading the Knicks in double overtime. Grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoop experts, including JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99. Head to vcin.com backslash subscribe. It is the nightcap alongside Super Bowl champ Sean King. I am Tim Murray. 27 all, fourth quarter, nine minutes to go in Boone, North Carolina, App State and Coastal Carolina. App State with the ball right around midfield. We've got the NLCS going on, 5-2. to two. Braves leading with two outs in the top of the seventh. Sean needs a couple more runs in this one. And as I mentioned, Boston and New York in double overtime. Jalen Brown has 46 points. Well, it has been a busy day for the city of Houston, and it starts with the most important position in all of sports, the quarterback. Sports Talk 790 host down in Houston, the A-team from 3 to 6 p.m. Central. It is Adam Wexler, also part of the uh, Houston Rockets broadcast uh, as well. Uh, Adam, let's start with the big news of the day, the reports from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Uh, Is it now a matter of if or or when, not if, Deshaun Watson is dealt? I don't think it's ever been a matter of if because he was being dealt. Perfectly healthy right now, and he's not playing football for the Texans. There's no other plan in place. There's no other results uh, or solution to this problem. The the only uh, solution is he he can't be a Texan. Uh, Whether they wanted to wait through the whole season, pass this deadline, and do it in the offseason, or do it now is really the only thing that we've been waiting to to get a a final answer to because the NFL is continuing to do absolutely nothing uh, about what they will ultimately do when Watson decides he does want to play, as in when he's on another team. But we're now two weeks away from the trade deadline. That's why we're hearing these again. All this stuff coming out of our city today, I think, uh, is there's a reason why it's being put out there again. Because that deadline is out there, there's two more games to play before we hit that midweek deadline. And, you know, I, I, again, I still think the Texans are, are taking a big chance. If they move Watson before this deadline and the bulk of what they're getting back in return is in the 2023 draft, then they're guessing where those picks are going to be. And they're getting them from a team that now has Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. And if they trade him now and he has to serve a suspension this year and then he plays next year when they get the results mm. from that season's win total, then they're going to get a terrible return for Watson. What would be their option if they wait to after the trade deadline? How is that more beneficial for the organization in your opinion? Well, this is what they're, they're kind of balancing it out on. Let's say, for instance, Miami's obviously one of the teams in the mix. But the Leaf Philadelphia is another. Uh, it's possible there's other teams involved, but I don't think they're ultimately where the Texans will be getting picks from. So let's start with the Dolphins. If there's a belief that the NFL is finally going to step in and say Watson uh, must be on the exempt list and thus he can't play, so you can now see your way clear to moving him to a team in 2021 that he now doesn't play for, so he wouldn't impact the selections you're getting back from them. The problem is the Dolphins don't have their pick. The Dolphins have the Niners pick this year. Uh, the Dolphins' first-round pick for this year belongs to Philadelphia, or it comes from Philadelphia. Mm. So the pick they'd be getting has, comes from a team that has nothing to do with this transaction. 
So that's why trading with Miami puts you in the same bad spot. The year he actually would be on the field for the Dolphins is the year you would get the picks from them in 2023. That has, in my opinion at least, that has to be avoided. If you're dealing with a team and you're going to move him before the deadline, the only reason you would do that is if you believe he is not going to play. So you're trading him to a bad team who's going to give you their picks, which will remain good for you because Watson's not on the field this year. If you wait till the offseason, you obviously know exactly where those picks will be because it's already determined. That's what they have to go into these discussions with, and I just can't believe that they would take a chance that even if they get three first-round picks in return, if none of them are in the top 15 or in the top 20, that's kind of a waste of time. Now, Adam, we've heard a lot about Houston wanting elite draft picks in return for Deshaun Watson. Is that the only capital that they're looking for? Has there been any discussions about maybe getting a high-caliber, high-talented player back in return? And also, how do you factor into the draft picks that they're getting that they probably will have a top two or three pick? So this will be a second first-round pick for them that they're uh, attaining. Yeah, the reality is, the, the, the let's say their quarterback of the future uh, and it might sadly not be at the top of this draft, which of course stinks. This is something they've done three times now, had the top pick in the draft and not had a quarterback that was worthy of taking. They made the mistake the first time and took David Carr, and he wasn't worth it. And the second time around, they, Jadavian Clowney was sitting there a third time around because they'd done it with Mario Williams already once. So they've had the first pick in the draft three times, have drafted a franchise quarterback successfully zero times. And they do have a pretty good chance to land the first pick in the draft this year, but I don't think there's a quarterback to take yet again. So you're right. Their picks are probably where the bulk of their future is coming from, but that shouldn't dissuade them from trying to get the most they can uh, for a player of this caliber. And, and I understand what you're saying, and I can, I, can, I can see where they might view it that way, and it'd still be accurate. Their picks are going to be bad. Uh, and banking on, on uh, their decision-makers making good selections is even a reach. But the idea that they want actual current NFL players, unless those players are rookies, or second-year players that are under contract for two, three, four more years under a very team-friendly deal because it's their original contract, they shouldn't have any interest in players because those players will be long gone before this team ever does anything of value. Talk once again to Adam Wexler. Catch his show on Sports Talk 790 down in Houston from 3 to 6 p.m. every single weekday. That's in the central time zone. Uh, Adam, we were having this discussion yesterday uh, regarding regarding the quarterback position because Tyrod played well, very well, week one. Uh, They get that win. He gets hurt. Davis Mills steps in. Uh, I am of the mindset that this is a lost season. So let's if you're the Texans, just see what you got because you're going to have a decision to make uh, come the draft. Sean disagrees. He says, just play the better quarterback, which I, I understand. What is the thought inside that building down in Houston? Do you think at some point when Tyrod Taylor is fully healthy, he'll be back as the starter? I think Sean has the viewpoint of an NFL player. You're going to tell these NFL players, right. we're going to play the young guy and not the quarterback who gives us the best chance to win. That's you know number one, first page of the of the book on how to lose a locker room. Now, granted, they're going to lose the locker room anyway. They stink. They're one in five. I don't know how much of concern that will be, but this has been a very clear public declaration uh, the last couple of weeks from uh, the head coach. He has said, and he actually said it again today, when Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he will be the starting quarterback. They're possibly going to open his window to return from IR by having a practice some this week. 
but he won't play this week. Mills will start for at least one more week, but a healthy Taylor is the starting quarterback for this football team. I think it's fine for the players. I understand where they're coming from, but the big picture is, yeah, of course you want to find out what you have with Mills. You know what you have with Taylor, a guy that gives you a better chance to win, which is bad for the future. You know, Adam, interesting, you had mentioned the, the actual decision-making. Sometimes when you have all these selections, it doesn't really matter <laughs> if you can't evaluate at a high level and, and make the proper selection. One of the reasons that Miami is a trade partner was because they missed in the Tua draft. Justin Herbert was available when they t- selected Tua. When they took Austin Jackson, Justin Jefferson was available, and they took a cornerback when uh, Stefan Diggs was still on the table. So, Having said that, what's your opinion of Davis Mills and a team that's trying to accumulate elite talent? In my opinion, you always go best available in the draft. Should they have selected Davis Mills at number three? And and what's your opinion of him? Well, third round. Well, third round pick. Yeah, no, no, I don't think they should have. And the whole idea that they're trying to find out what they have, you mean they're trying to find out if he's possibly the answer, the quarterback of the future. I can't envision any scenario where he does anything that could tell this team, don't draft a quarterback in 2021. He's too good. He, or 2022, excuse me. He's proven that he can be this team's quarterback. There's just no way that's going to happen. So why they use the third-round pick on him, uh, even though it's, you know, I think a lot of teams did like him, and I don't think there's anything wrong with him. It just seemed like this team, with that usual, typical, correct philosophy of take the best available player, and believe me, they've got needs at every position. They will have the same needs at every position in next year's draft, that they, they probably should have gone in a different direction. He, he currently looks like there's something there he probably can develop. How high that ceiling is for him is a real question mark, because I don't think it's particularly high, um, but it's just not something a team in this position should probably do, especially last year when they were already limited on the draft picks they had. Adam, before we let you run, uh, I'm going to make you uh, have 15 seconds to answer this question. Are the Houston Astros going to win the World Series? Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the redemption trophy is coming to Houston. I would, the only thing, the only way reason I would be happy is for Dusty Baker. That is the only re- thing I would be Great happy guy. for. Adam Wexler, me- really appreciate it. We will uh, absolutely be talking to you soon. Sounds good. There he is. Adam Wexler, check out the show. You know what? <laughs> He's a radio guy. He knew I gave him a time cue. He said, yep, they're winning it. Well, it's a nightcap here on VEASAN. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all-in-one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high-quality people. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. The man, the myth, the legend, Brad Evans, is going to join us top of the hour, as he always does on Wednesdays. We'll get his favorite prop plays of the weekend, which is always uh, enjoyable. And a big noise, man. Always does a great job. Maybe we'll get him to sing a little Peter Gabriel. You never know. You never know what will happen. Uh, 27 all down in Boone, North Carolina. I'm kicking myself, but you know what? I'm happy I didn't play it. Because Coastal still has a very good chance to win this no, game. No, they don't. And no, they don't. I, would, I wouldn't want to be against They don't it. have a chance to cover. 
I mean, it take a miracle right now for them to cover. This game has 30 to 27, one way or the other, written all over. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Uh, Coastal has punted it away. I don't so. know what Coastal's been doing on offense, but, you know, and it's a terrible time for Jamie, the head coach at Coastal, yeah. to have this kind of game. I mean, with Southern Cal open, with LSU open. Now, granted, he would not be the front runner for either job, but watch how this works. Oh, it's a trickle down. Right. Mel Tucker leaves Michigan State. James Franklin leaves Penn State. Now yeah. those two jobs are open. Yep. And all of a sudden, you know, now you're oh, yeah. a higher priority, you know, at maybe just a slightly lesser school. But this doesn't help him at all. His team doesn't look prepared coming off the bye. They haven't executed well. You know, game plan leaves a lot of questions. You know, and, and people watch. You know, there are ADs around the country that are watching. You know, they want to see. Yeah, this is an island game. This is a big opportunity for them. Um, obviously, last year when they you know, won, it wasn't an island game, but it was a high-profile game against BYU. College game day, I believe, was there mm-hmm. for it, if my memory serves me. They made me that right. happen in, like, what, 10 days or something? Less than that. Yeah. It was, like, Tuesday. They loaded up the trucks in Provo <laughs> and drove to, drove to South Carolina. So that game all tied up. App State does have the ball. Uh, and uh, they will be uh, driving to try to take uh, the lead in that one. Uh, game went final, and if you took the points with Boston, you thought you were done, and then you had life, and then you went to overtime, and that's where dogs go to die. Yeah. And the Knicks win 138-134. Yes. What was that, a three-point spread? Two and a half Two and is and a half. closed in favor of the Knicks. Uh, and then interesting development here in uh, in Los Angeles. Justin Turner just grounded out to second. It was a fielder's choice, so he reached. Uh, but he pulled up lame with his hamstring. Not ideal. Especially with Muncy already being out. Yeah, so it is uh, It is 5-2 to two right now. Braves still with that lead. We need a run. We need two runs for my guy here. At least one to get that push. Yeah, at least get my push in. So uh, Tony Gonsolin on the hill here for the Dodgers. 5-2, to two, Braves leading top of the eighth inning. Looking to take a 3-1 series lead brad evans as mentioned coming up top of the hour um we've been doing this the past couple of weeks and this is just a list not a i'm betting all these games this is just a list of letdown spots and i included two potential look ahead spots this week sean and i want to discuss these games so let's start with the letdown spots and number one to me is purdue purdue did I wouldn't say the unthinkable, but very surprising. Purdue went on the road, beat then number two Iowa as an 11.5-point dog, and there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They dominated that game, Sean. They, I think they won the yardage by about 200 yards. Uh, they were tremendous. Aiden O'Connell played well. Jeff Brahms playing three quarterbacks. Uh, Bell, their wide receiver, was unstoppable, had over 200 yards receiving in that game. And then you got Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a team that is 2-4 ATS this year. And you just wonder the mindset of Purdue, Sean, coming off of a game where they go into Iowa, they get this huge win, they're celebrating. They're now a home dog against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's won 14 straight in this series. But as much as I want to, and maybe they'll be part of the bankroll, but I didn't write them up for the website, I want to play Wisconsin. I've been on the wrong side of Wisconsin all year long. I was on the wrong side of them when they played Michigan. Uh, Michigan was coming off of uh, off of their win against, uh, I forget who I was trying to fade there, but um, I thought this was uh, an interesting nugget, and our, our friend Chris Felica said this uh, on his podcast. 
Wisconsin has now been a favorite in 14 straight games, John. <laughs> they are 5-9 and nine ATS in those games and have lost seven of them outright. This seems like the perfect time. This line stinks. You've got a Wisconsin team going to Purdue, who is 25th in the country, and they're laying points in West Lafayette. I want to take Wisconsin. I just don't know if I have the guts because they've burned me so so far so much so far this year. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Wisconsin and Purdue? I'm not going to play the game, but again, I like Purdue, and the reason being, and you mentioned him, is David Bell. He's averaging 18 yards per catch. He's so good. I mean, they don't have to be great on offense. He just can be great two or three times, and they get to 21. And as long as Wisconsin is still trotting Graham Mertz out there. Watch his yardage total the last three games. Who for 112 yards against Army, 100 yards against Illinois, 115 yards against Michigan. He got hurt in the Michigan game. Right, but they're not playing an offensive juggernaut. So the chances of Wisconsin ever leading by a huge margin are slim, so that means one David Bell play keeps you in the game, potentially can help you win it. So I do think it's a letdown spot, but I still think that Purdue has just enough explosiveness to potentially come away with a victory. And you know me. I like pain, as you always you say. You do, because you're still uh, fooling around with Wisconsin. I you know. I'm, I thought about I, I I really thought long and hard. I think, speaking of pain, the under might be the way in this one. It's 40 and a half. It's gross. Yeah. But, as you saw there, Purdue, 0-6 to the under. So every game has gone under. And Wisconsin is a dead under team, too, two and four to the under. All right, let's look at a couple of these games. And I such a low total. I know it's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's an NFL. It's an NF. That's a low NFL. That's the lowest. I believe that'd be the lowest NFL total this week. Quick glance. Any thirties? No, that game would be the lowest NFL game this week. But they, but again, if you think Wisconsin's the side, then forty makes sense. Twenty-one to seventeen. Yeah, they're not scoring a bunch of points. No. Yeah. So let's take a look at a couple of other of these and anything that jumps out. So Oklahoma State, they're coming off a win over Texas. Uh, I, I put that on here. Uh, I think some folks disagreed. Uh, I just thought that was a big win for uh, for the Pokes uh, on the road, beating Texas as a dog, coming back in that second half, and now they're getting seven at Iowa State. That line is fishy as all get out. Uh, Ole Miss, now – uh, can I can I comment? Yeah, go for it. Oklahoma State wins that game outright. Yeah. yeah. Want a cigar bet on that? Oh, absolutely. I was been waiting on you to get back in, in the mix. And let me explain why. Everybody looks at Iowa State and says they've righted the ship. Iowa State has four wins on the season. Guess who three of them were against? Northern Iowa, yep. UNLV, mm-hmm. and Kansas. Yep. Their other win is Kansas, Kansas State. State, who's been reeling since starting. They have not beaten anyone. Now, I don't love Oklahoma State because I don't love their quarterback. I think at times they're very one-dimensional on offense, but I'm just, I can't get out of my mind what I saw from Iowa State versus Iowa and Baylor. So I'm going with what I think is the more talented and better team, even though the line is saying Iowa State's going to win by 10 or more probably. But mm-hmm. I'm going Oklahoma State. All right. So straight up, you got Oklahoma State. I got Iowa State. Cigar bet. Boy, the Dodgers center fielder <laughs> is snake bit. <laughs> that Lux. That's Mookie. Mookie's out there right now. Tim um, has Iowa State. Yep. And... 
And no points. Nostradamus has Oklahoma State. Yeah, I need I need some help here because I'm down four. I'm down four here. Uh, just looking at the rest of this list, anything else jump out at you? Ole Miss and LSU, I think you can be an argument. Both teams are coming off of uh, big wins. LSU obviously was a massive dog. Uh, UL Monroe, 32.5-point underdog. They are now back at it at home against South Alabama. And that included a couple look-ahead spots. You know, Michigan State is off this week. Penn State is off this week. Their two opponents both have games. Ohio State's at Indiana, laying 21. And then I think Michigan, they're going to win. But Northwestern showed life last week coming off their bye. They beat Rutgers. This game... Just it feels like Michigan wins by seventeen to twenty, and they just say, "All right, let's get ready for Michigan State." Anything else jumping out at you on this uh, on this page here? I'm actually no, nothing jumps out. Yeah, I just the LSU had some other people get injured. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but I, if I was going to take a side, it'd be LSU. And if Matt Corral's not playing, I would take LSU. Yeah. I, I think there is a play for Coach O mindset out there so i would look at taking the nine with uh with lsu i just don't know enough about south alabama but they're decent man i watched them uh take apart Georgia ul Southern. monroe coming off of that win they were celebrating all week long down in monroe louisiana that's sean king i'm tim murray brad evans coming up top of the hour right here on the nightcap